Prior to becoming an ast astronaut and prior to serving as the commander of the Pol Apollo 13 mission, Jim Lovell was a pilot in the Navy. At the conclusion of a mission in 1950, he was flying his Banshee back to its aircraft carrier on a pitch black, cloudy night over the Sea of Japan. Lovell was trying to follow a signal being broadcast from his carrier, but without knowing it was picking up on a frequency being broadcast from the Japanese mainland. So following that, he was flying further and further from his carrier group. As his fuel gauge dropped dangerously low, Lovell realized that something was wrong. Lost and unsure of his location, he flipped a switch to turn on the map light in his cockpit. And suddenly, with a loud pop, everything went black. Engulfed by total darkness, Lovell had no idea what direction was up and what direction was down. He didn't know how high he was above the freezing waters below. He tried desperately to read his instrument panel, but he was completely blind. Hopeless and feeling quite helpless, Lovell looked up. He looked beyond the instrument panel right in front of him and looked outside of his cockpit. And stretched out in the sea in front of him, he saw a strange luminescence. He described it as a faint greenish glow in the black water. What he was seeing was a trail of phosphorescent algae, algae that glow when they're disturbed by something, like a ship passing through, like the ship that Lovell was looking for. Because Lovell looked beyond the instrument panel right in front of him, and raised his gaze, he was able to see this glowing algae that would eventually lead him back home. How many of us go through life staring at our own feet? We have burdens and pressures and troubles and fears, and they all weigh on us. And so often we end up hunched over staring at the immediate challenge right in front of us. How are we going to make ends meet this month? How are we going to care for a child who has an addiction? What are we going to do now that we've been laid off once again? The troubles that confront us every day. In the psalm, this is almost the exact question that we asked a few minutes ago. From where is my help to come? From where is my help to come? And the answer is right there in the psalm. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be going through a sermon series. We're going to be looking at four vital signs of our faith. Just as our physical bodies have 
vital signs that can indicate how healthy we are physically, like heart, like breath and pulse and temperature and heart rate. In our spiritual life, there are also vital signs that we can look to to gauge our spiritual health. The first of these vital signs is God, what we're thinking about today. How much time do we invest in our relationship with God? How often do we lift up our eyes? How often do we look beyond whatever is right in front of us to instead turn to God? A few minutes ago, we read from Paul's letter to the Colossians. I'm sure most of you know Paul's story. After his life-changing conversion, he went on three different missionary journeys. By about 57 AD, after a decade of travel, he returned back to Jerusalem, presumably tired from increasing age and lengthy travel. And the book of Acts records that when he returned to Jerusalem and walked into the temple, a riot broke out right away. Paul was flogged, he was thrown in prison, and then he was brought before the governor, Felix, to stand trial. But instead of adjudicating the matter, Felix kept Paul in prison for the next two years, seeing if Paul would give in and eventually give him a bribe. When Festus succeeded Felix as governor, he sent Paul on to Rome. However, Paul's life didn't get better in Rome because he was right away thrown into, a, into a, probably a basement where he lived under house arrest for the next two years. And while in this house, unable to leave in Rome, Paul wrote this letter, this letter to the Colossian church. So think about it. How would you feel if you were in Paul's situation? Despair? Would you feel desperation, hopelessness? Paul instead wrote the words we heard today. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on the earth. Paul offered us an antidote to the seemingly insurmountable challenges that we face every day. While so many of us are inclined to look around us at the challenges right in front of us, Paul calls us to lift our gaze, to look up, to look to God. And isn't this what we're reminded of Every week as we begin the Eucharistic prayer, we say, the Lord be with you and also with you. Then we say, lift up your hearts. And then we all say, we lift them to the Lord. So let me ask a concrete practical, practical question. How do we lift our hearts? How do we learn to look up? How do we learn to look to God? And the answer is we develop a relationship with God by intentionally spending time with God. If I go through week after week after week living in the same house as my wife, but I never look at her, I never listen to her, and I never talk to her, my guess is our relationship would suffer a little bit. 
The same is true of our relationship with God. God is right here with us. We don't need to do anything to convince God to show up, but we do need to be intentional about building a relationship with God. We need to learn about God's character. And we can do this by listening to sermons or by reading our Bible. We do need to find time to listen to God's voice and to talk to God. And we do this by by making time for prayer and meditation and worship. We need to find a community where, where we can tell others about what God is doing in our lives and hear about what God is doing in their lives. And we do this when we gather for corporate worship, when we come together at the cathedral. So many of us, I think, instinctively dismiss or undervalue the importance of spending time with prayer, spending time with God. It can be difficult for us to to invest in a relationship with God because while we can see our family members and our friends, we can't see God standing right next to us. But prayer so clearly changes us. This is even empirically, provably true. A 2005 article published in the Journal of Behavioral Medicine records a study where a group of people were instructed to pray 20 minutes every day. And at the end of a month, this group of people were given a battery of tests. And the researchers found that when compared to a control group, people who had prayed every day for a month showed a significant decrease in anxiety, a decrease in loneliness, a much greater level of joy in life, Even beyond that, the researchers found that when they asked participants to put their hands in a bath of ice water, simulating a a painful sensation, that those who had been praying every day were able to endure the pain for twice as long as the control group. Prayer changes us. Time with God helps us grow. As we practice looking up, we begin to see the whole world anew. In the gospel passage that we read a few minutes ago, Jesus tells a parable about a farmer who at the end of a harvest realizes he has a great surplus, a great abundance. He has no place to store all that his farm has produced So he decides to pull down his old barns and build larger barns. The farmer says to himself, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God says to this farmer, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? And then Jesus concludes this parable by saying, So it is with those who store up for themselves treasures, but are not rich towards God. So in this parable of the foolish farmer, what is it that made him foolish? Jesus didn't say that the farmer was foolish 
for having an abundance of crops. As a matter of fact, this surplus seemed to even surprise the farmer, catching him unprepared. Moreover, Jesus isn't criticizing the farmer for looking to the future. After all, elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus tells his followers that they should make plans, they should consider the future. Jesus asked, which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? In other words, the farmer is not foolish because of his abundance. He's not foolish because he's planning ahead and looking to the future. The farmer, however, is foolish because he thinks the stuff right in front of him will bring his soul joy and peace and happiness. Jesus calls this man a fool because he believes his wealth will bring him security and joy. And when you and I slip into this sort of thinking that our stuff will bring us meaning, our stuff will give us security. What's right in front of us will bring us purpose in life. We're also being foolish. Instead, meaning and joy and significance are found in the words of Jesus when we're rich toward God, when we invest in our relationship with God, when we give our time to God, when we turn away from distractions and instead look to the divine. About 40 years ago, a play was staged at the Bavarian National Opera House. The play begins with, with a pitch black stage and a single circle of light in the middle of the stage. An actor walks out to the stage and he starts to search in the middle of the light for something. Eventually, a police officer walks onto the stage and he goes over to the man and says, are you searching for something? And the man says, yes, I've lost my keys. The police officer joins in this search, frantically looking for what's missing. After a few minutes of searching, the police officer turns to the man and he says, are you sure you lost them here? To which the man says, no, I lost them over there, pointing to a dark corner of the stage. And the police officer says, then why on earth are we searching here? And the man says, because there's no light over there. The man was looking for something where it did not exist. He was looking for something where it did not exist. And that's what we do when we go searching for meaning or joy or purpose in our stuff. That's what we do when we search for the ability to overcome all our challenges by just looking at the skills that we have in order to find meaning and joy and purpose and strength, we instead need to look where it can truly be found, in God. After all, Jesus told us to be rich in God, spending time in worship and prayer. Paul said, set your mind on things that are above. 
And in the psalm we read, I lift my eyes to the hills, my help comes from the Lord. So as we enter this first week of thinking about the vital signs of our faith, as we think about our relationship with God, I have one question for you. Are you willing to invest the time and the effort to build a relationship with God by practicing lifting your gaze, looking to God, looking to the divine? Amen.